0: We're back for a brand new season, and we're only days away to the start of the Scottish Premiership. Coming up this week on the AFC Don'scast, all the latest Don's news. We hear from Dave Carmack on the latest from the club, and Joe Lewis on our last preseason against Hibs. This is the AFC Don'scast on Tuesday, the 28th of July. Welcome back, it's Graeme Mackay here and I hope you're all keeping well. After months of turmoil in Scottish football, we're just days away to the start of the new season. The Dons finished their pre-season preparations at Pataudry with a closed-door friendly against Hibbs on Saturday. With Craig Bryson scoring his first goal for the club, an equaliser in the second half came from a spectacular volley from Daryl Horgan. Aberdeen almost got the winner in the final moments of the game with a fine run from Ethan Ross, saw the youngster roll the ball into McLennan, but corner shot was just wide off the fire post. Full-time, it was
1: 1-1. Good, today was a really good game. Um, obviously, we'd love to have kept the clean sheet, but it was a, a great strike from from them at the end um, just to deny us that but it was a really good game a uh, really good exercise felt realistic felt like it was uh almost like a league game so um so yeah it was good we, we've got a, a good feel for how patogia is going to be for um for the game on on saturday so uh yeah looking forward to it we've had a good good preparation look if, it, if any of the lads find it difficult to get themselves up for a game against rangers then then they shouldn't be here you know it's uh that's not going to be a problem the lads will be up for it um we, like I say, today was a really good workout. Felt realistic. Felt like a like a competitive game. So, um, so we need to take take that and, and add to have a good week training. Um, add to what we built on today, and, uh, and and you know everyone's looking forward to it. It's a great starter.
0: A full interview with Joe and Craig Bryson is available now on Red TV. Late last week, Dave Cormack outlined further measures that would see a higher earners at the club take up to 20% salary cuts, which would save a further £1 million, and with all measures, reducing the funding gap from £10 million to £3.8 million. Dave Cormack outlines the financial position at the club as it stands at the moment.
2: Dave, a very good morning to you. and it's very early, over in Atlanta. Um, the club have announced an update on the financial situation. Um, so you can maybe please start by giving an overview of where we are at now and maybe outline some of the key points from the statement.
3: Yeah, uh, well, uh, good morning. And, um, yeah, it's still morning even with you, so it, it really is early morning with me, Mal. But, uh, yeah, and so we've been working over the last um, probably couple of months now, as you know, Mal, really to try and pull together where we think things might be, of course, uh, there are many assumptions that we have to make um, in this and these assumptions as we know over the last um, few months since we started, uh, we, we first started rejecting this can change. So where we've got to just now with the statement is that the 10 million income hole or gap that that, that, that we announced um, is now down to about 3.8 million um, in, in and of itself. And so, you know, the the, the latest piece of information being uh, the work that we've done collaboratively with the staff and the players, Derek and the management team and our executive team, we work very collaboratively over the last six weeks now um, to to go through this process. And I'm delighted to say that um, we have um, agreed a million pounds worth of cuts um, as, as, as a result of that. Of course, it's it's not something that we take um uh, it's just not something we take easily uh, in doing something like this, but we have to remember that our goal was to, 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 to avoid any redundancies as a result of COVID-19 um, and to only have this affect the higher paid uh, staff and, and uh, employees of the club. So, Dave, you,
2: you closed the funding gap from £10 million, uh, to three point eight. If you can maybe break it down a bit and please give the viewers maybe more details about the cost savings that the club have made.
3: Well, it's a combination of cost savings and um, improvements in um, what we planned for refunds for last season and in the season ticket and our DNA sales. So really at a high level, $2 million, as we would announced before from um, the investor group has come in. Um, we have saved $2 million as a result of the um, of government support, you know, from rates relief to the um, job retention scheme and, you know, we've really looked hard at, at the club and what we're spending and what we're doing and there's also a number of savings within there too. So two million of savings and, and from there. Um, we have about a million pounds more of um, in season ticket sales or Aberdeen a memberships that we had planned for. Aberdeen a memberships I've gone up uh, by about 700 um, since the beginning of this, which is a really, really significant um, increase. Um, secondly, on the season tickets, uh, what do you budget for at the beginning of this? Are we, you know, uh, what will we sell? You know, uh, fans have been amazing, and would we sell, you know, 2,000, 4,000, 7,500? So there's a million, um, a million pounds of improvement in income than we thought. And um, and that's just, um, you know, again, the fans, uh, as I've said, have just been amazing throughout, and that's greatly appreciated. Also, um, we have saved about 200000 from what we thought we might need to pay out in refunds for the last four games to both fans asking for refunds, which absolutely are entitled to do, and also our corporate hospitality and seasonal clients. So all of that together, um, along with the million for the wage cuts, drops us down to about 3.8 million.
2: I mean, you mentioned the number of different parties who have come together to reach this solution. So obviously staff, players, management, who all deserve enormous credit, supporters, corporate clients as well. Uh, They've all done their bit. I mean, how important has this approach been and how important is this approach still going to be going forward for the club?
3: Well, you know, I think out of this um, kind of adversity, you know, there's a couple of approaches to it. Well, it's in running any business or any club for that matter, is, is that to get on the front foot of it, you can either sit back and just wait for, you know, something to happen or not happen, or you get proactive. Right from day one, with a trust, with a club, we all got together and said, who do we want to be through this? No games going on, but we decided to be at the heart of the community. Absolutely the right thing to do. So the the expansion of our call centre to about 20 people, Mal, you know, there won't be 20 people as we go forward, right? We've made almost 20,000 calls, got through to about 14,000 people, as, as I recall, and we've, we've delivered, you know, a couple of hundred thousand plus pounds worth of, of food, essential food to people that needed it. So through the process, this hashtag Still Standing Free campaign has really been at the core of what we, we have done and, and will continue to do because obviously we've got an amazing um, uh, community trust as part of what we do. So we'll continue going forward as a club to uh, be transparent, to be open with our fan base where obviously we can be and to seek their input. Now, this two way communication through social media I think has been well received, and it's important it's not a one way process. We have to use that platform so all of the things we talked about with our fan engagement with our community engagement our projects we will continue to um you know invest in um in and of it and of itself but look, the fans have been absolutely amazing. I've probably spoken to almost two hundred myself in the last four months. And really enjoy the calls, especially to uh, the older guys like me. Um, We talk about reminisce over the old games and and King Joey's goals. So, uh, yeah, everyone's played their part, though. You know, this has been collaborative. And that's the way it should be.
2: You also mentioned the statement that the the club has outlined its aspirations to reach a a target of 9,000 season ticket holders. Um, we have also said that the stadium planning team have now assessed that we could accommodate 9,000. Um, I mean, is this the only way that people are going to be able to watch football for, for quite some time, you feel?
3: Well, the the short answer is we don't really know. We just have to take the best infor- information we have at this point in time. And the best information we have at th- this point in time, having come out with an initial assessment of 7,500, right, um, is that the, the ticket office team... As, as well as um, our our um, stadium management team have got together, walked the stadium, looked at things like groups of families that we have as season ticket holders, potential season ticket holders, right, that, that sign up from here. And uh, we now believe that with, you know, one metre distancing, that we could get 9,000 fans into, um, into the stadium. And so... Um, whether we can get away fans or walk up fans in, we don't know. What I don't want to do is disappoint our fans, right? Um, down the line when they say, Wow, if we'd known that um it might be limited crowds for half or three quarters or most of the season, I wish we would have known. And so we're really just giving people a heads up that it's our view that we won't go overnight mile from, for example, seven and a half thousand To full stadiums. It's more likely, most likely going to be an increment. And if that's the case, then, you know, at this stage, we will stop selling season tickets at 9000 from what we know just now, Uh, because, um, you know, we really want to be sure that we can get everybody in that buys a season ticket.
2: If you also talk about a fine balancing act between making the, the necessary cuts but um, also maintaining a competitive product on the pitch, um, I mean, do you feel you've got that balance a bit right? I mean, also interestingly, not cutting our youth academy budget. I mean, you know, how, how important is that longer term as well?
3: Well, it's all important. Look, if all we if all we did was cut, 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 we'd probably, you know, have less than three point eight million. But we've also got aspirations this year to get to the later stages of the cup, or the cups, I should say, and do well in the league and qualify for Europe. Those are our aspirations and what we budget for. So in order and, and in and of itself, achieving those goals gets you significant income. So we have to get this balance mile between you know making sure we're going to be competitive and saving costs, right? And so if we look at it, as we said in the statement, that we came into this, come into this season with a full squad. And, 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 and we need to remember that since the January window, right, we signed Ronnie Hernandez on a four-and-a-half-year contract for £800,000, okay, as a 22-year-old international with tremendous, um, tremendous potential and tremendous on-sell value, to be fair. We signed Dylan McGough. Right, We signed Matty Kenny for the, for £70,000 from St. Johnston. We signed Mark Gallagher from Ross County, a development player that, that, that Derek believes has high potential. And we just signed Johnny Hayes as well. So we've got a lot of horsepower and a significant investment in the first team going into this season. And I'm delighted that we have because you know, we haven't had the usual 9, 10 players out of contract which other teams have had to deal with this summer. So the investment there, in the, the investments there in the football operation on the academy, look, we, we spend over a million a year in our academy and we've got some great young talent coming through. It's run extremely well by the guys and that's not something that we want having invested millions over the last few years that we want to disrupt at this stage. So, um, however... Um, the, the method behind our madness is: is if we were to cut back in the investment in the football operation, it would tell in terms of players coming through eventually, and it would certainly tell in the ability for us to invest in the first team. So, uh, it's getting that balance, and I think we've got um, we've got the right balance.
2: Yeah, just finally, the season starts next Saturday. How <laughs> excited are you to see some football again?
3: Been a while. Um, I have to say, um, you know, I've watched a lot of the English games and um, and um, I haven't been that excited by a lot of what I've, I've seen. Um, and that's not that there isn't exciting games in and of itself. But um, listen, for those of us brought up on the bread and butter of Scottish football and the rivalries, um, you know, we're all missing it. You know, we really are all missing it, and, and certainly when I talk to the fans. But look, this has happened. Covid-19 has happened. I think, as a club overall, everyone, fans, staff, everyone has done an amazing job, and I'm heartened by that. And and I think that um, uh, given what we've had to go through, we're coming through this um, really well. We're by no uh, by no means are we out of the woods yet with this. But look, we are working feverishly at the club and as a board and as a management team to get through this. And, and as I've said all along, the fans have been brilliant. We can't do it without the fans. You have to bring those guys along. They are the heartbeat of the club. As I've said, it's not my club, it's our club. And so, yeah, I'm nervous but excited because, you know, um, we haven't played for a few games um, three a few months now. But uh, Rangers at home at Pitodri, as I've said, you know, it's cost us four hundred grand being behind closed doors, and we can't sell pay per view because it's live on Sky. But hey, the cup is half full, and um, as my grandkids yell at me every day, come on, you Reds. Dave,
2: thank you for the update. We'll, we'll see you again soon. Thanks.
3: Thanks, Mal. Cheers.
0: It's all systems go for the new Scottish Premiership to kick off this Saturday. National Clinical Director Professor Jason Leach has given an emphatic yes for the season to start, although admitting clubs must keep working on testing procedures. He said one big problem for Scottish football could be if several players test positive at some point. That could lead to games being postponed. Hearts and Partick Thistle have lost their arbitration proceedings against the Scottish Professional Football League. A three-person panel found in favour of the SPFL after hearing in private last week. The result means the clubs will begin next season in October in the Scottish Championship and League One respectively. Aberdeen have announced details for supporters with season tickets, the arrangements for us to watch closed-door matches online. There'll be a brand-new pre-match programme set to kick off 30 minutes before matches start, hosted by Rob McLean with a host of Don's Legends, alongside exclusive interviews and features pre-match and half-time and post-match reaction from Rob and guests. Also joining Rob will be former BT Sport commentator and Don's fan Derek Ray. And match commentary will be provided by Dave McDermott. Rob will also be commentating on our away matches throughout the season. The club are still working on pay-per-view access passwords and login information will follow on Thursday after the pre-season ticket deadline has passed tomorrow
2: More Don's News Straight after this Tuning in to the AFC Don's Cast each week couldn't be easier. We're on all the popular platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And on the web. At our website, AFCdonscast.co.uk. Catch us on the big screen via Apple TV and on the road via Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Got a smart speaker. Just say, play AFC donscast One podcast. Listen everywhere. Every Tuesday evening from 8.
0: The Scottish Cup final for last season will be played on the 20th of December this year. The Hampden showpiece was originally scheduled for the 9th of May, but was postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic. The semi-finals, Hearts vs Hibs and Celtic vs Aberdeen, will be on the 31st of October and the 1st of November. Players who have signed for the semi-finalists this summer will be able to play regardless of whether they appeared in the competition for another side last season. As per changes to the laws of the game agreed by the IFAB, five substitutes will also be permitted. Meanwhile, the Scottish cap could be capped from 112 to 52 teams as the Scottish FA consults with clubs in a streamlined version for the 2020-21 season. One option being considered is that only 10 non-league sides will join the 42 SPFL teams in the tournament. The competition may start on Boxing Day, less than a week after the rescheduled 2020 final. That would mean one fewer round than normal. Replays could also be scrapped in a bid to reduce fixture congestion. All 42 SPFL clubs have now confirmed their participation in this season's Scottish League Cup, with the group stage kicking off on the 6th of October. Clubs have been given the opportunity to opt out, with the Championship, League One, and League Two operating shortened campaigns from mid October. The format mirrors last season's with new no replays, bonus points, and sides in Europe joining at the knockout phase. The final will be played at Hamden on Sunday the 28th of February. Lowland League champions Kelty Hearts and Highland League champions Broda Rangers will be invited to take part with a seeded and regionalised draw to follow. The competition's October and November dates clash with international breaks.
1: These are the nights where history is made. Players stand up to be counted. Across the continent, we unite. Striving together, from home turf to distant lands, igniting a passion and energy in us all. The energy builds, wave upon wave, with each tackle. In every shot, in the roar of the crowd, through the highs and the lows, pushing us further, driving us on to European glory. The UEFA Europa League.
0: A quick reminder, in case you don't already know, our opening fixture against Rangers at Bataudry on Saturday will kick off at 12.30pm instead of 5.30pm. It will be broadcast live on Red TV and Sky Sports. You've got just over a month to get your feedback in for the AFC Big Supporter Survey. It closes at the end of August and all your feedback will be shared with the club. And you also have the chance to win a new Aberdeen Home or Away shirt. Fill out the survey at invernessreds.co.uk forward slash survey 2020. Meanwhile, if you're looking to air your thoughts about Aberdeen and Scottish football, a brand new updated Don's Talk went live on Sunday evening. This is the first major update to the site since its launch in 2002. Just head on over to donstalk.co.uk. The AFC Don's cast will be back with all the post-match reaction from our opening match against Rangers next Tuesday. And of course, a roundup of all the latest Don's news. Meantime, you can keep up to date with all the pre- and post-match coverage online via our Twitter and Facebook channels. Just search for us using Inverness Reds. And there'll be live score updates and stats on the website at invernessreds.co.uk. Till next Tuesday, thanks for listening and stand free.
2: That's all for this week. More Aberdeen news next Tuesday evening from 8.